Hello everyone. Welcome to Crew Room Conversations. I am your host Nitin Velde and I'm delighted to bring to you stories, anecdotes and experiences of some of the best air warriors of the Indian Air Force. So do stay tuned. Happy listening and Jai Hind. gentlemen uh, it's absolute honor and privilege for me to host this show so why the name crew room conversations maybe indian air force is the only place in the whole of the world wherein you have this concept called as crew room where officers in the unit exchange notes and uh, exchange their learnings there is a lot of storytelling that happens and most importantly there's a lot of connect between people so i decided that uh, let me go back to my friends from the indian air force and let me get some of the best officers of the indian air force on the show who will uh, share their experiences on a lot of variety of topics and today it's my proud privilege to welcome my guest for this particular show my dear friend captain guru prasad and commander deepa mohammed other than being exceptional professionals and very 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 effective leaders they are great human beings and they are great friends we have served together so welcome guru and uh, welcome deepa Thanks, thanks, Nitin. Thanks for having me here. It's indeed a privilege and a wonderful opportunity to meet up with you like this online. It's it's uh, definitely a pleasure. Hi, Nitin, and hi, Guru. Thank you so very much. Thank you so very much, Nitin, for you know giving us this platform and bringing all of us together. It's such a pleasure to see you and Guru after such a long time. Thanks. Pleasure is all mine. So it's going to be just a free-flowing conversation, the way we would do about five, seven, ten years back. So Guru Prasad has got an exceptionally brilliant career, known to be one of the uh, most uh, significant achievers during his times. So Guru, just uh, take us, up, you know, around from from your highlights, main highlights of your career. If I was to ask you such. Uh, okay, uh, Nitin, it was like you know, a dream come true for me when I joined the Air Force. Thereafter, uh, it was. all rolling and rolling in fact uh, i must say this always looking forward to doing something new something more and to the best of my abilities so uh, after we got commissioned uh, we all went to a fighter training establishment uh, in the east uh, in the northeast and trained there for an, about a year thereafter moved to our first operational squadron you know uh, in any pilot's career his first operational squadron has a special place and that happens to be 21 squadron then positioned at chandigarh was very special for me and that's where i found my lady love and uh, my wife from there on uh, okay uh, moved to a place in the west uh, that's in gujarat naliyar okay and after about 3 years from there from all the way west to the east back again to a place called hashimara uh, very close to west bengal assam border those five years i can easily say one of the golden years of my career from there uh, i stepped on further to become a pilot and ike instructor and then become a qualified flying instructor moving to air force academy at hyderabad uh, to, to train the young abinishios and then from there moved on to flying instructor school at tambaram in chennai where uh, we were uh, staff so called you can say 
instructor of instructors or trainer of trainers and then uh, from there moved on to a coveted uh, appointment or uh, position you can say to represent the country in the us in the air command and staff college yeah sure uh, it was one of the highlights i must say because i learned a lot in that one year and the learning was immense so as to come back and give it back to the air force yeah that's one and from there on uh, i went on to command uh, fighter squadron in pathan court and uh, i was very fortunate i must say i must thank the air force with all earnest that they saw that i could probably be an air force examiner and for three tenures Uh, which gave me uh, immense satisfaction because i could see the length and breadth of the air force understand what exactly is the requirement how things move on and i was only adding my bit to make this air force a more special place great so my compliments to guru for leading such a wonderful life and uh, coming to deepa you were one of the first women officers or lady cadets who joined in in air force so take us through your journey as such thank you so much nitin you said I'm from the pioneer, the first batch of women officers who joined in technical branch, and now you this question, the very question, has taken me back to 92 December. You know, the entire journey started with that SSB, coming from a typical, you know, so-called uh, civilian background, no idea what SSB means, no uh, training whatsoever. You know, but we just went for that SSB with that passion and dream in the mind, and one first day onwards of SSB. you start getting into that groove and you just want to join it so that friendship starts from there so we were posted directly to air force technical college our alma mater almost a year the specific mm-hmm. aeronautical engineering training from bangalore F- aftc i was moved to we my first posting came to pune oh from pune i moved to ambala the biggest cantonment in india from ambala i moved to afa So I've also served in uh, Air Force Academy, Dundigal. From there, we moved to Far East, uh, Tejpur in Assam. That was also a very wonderful tenure. And from there, then I moved back to one of the you know very busy and the front bases in Western Air Command, Adampur. And that's where I retired after eleven years of my service as squad leader. After my SSC tenure got over. So that has been uh, my journey so far. Excellent. So, so I'm sure uh, all across the Air Force, when it comes to the first batch of women officers who ever got commission, your name, Deepa, for sure is there, and an exceptional innings in the Air Force. Guru, from an audience perspective, could you just throw a light on what is it exactly to be a fighter pilot? Because you've flown the MiG-21, so just take us through a little bit about understanding of what it is to fly that aeroplane. Okay, Nitin, fighter flying is uh, unlike anything else, you know. Probably yes. Uh, I am not trying to put off my other uh, brothers who fly the transport and helicopters, but then yes, uh, fighter flying demands a lot out of you in terms of physical, mental, and uh, you know, forward thinking. Once I got to fly in a fighter aeroplane, I realized that what needs to be done is forward planning. that means if you are not thorough on ground uh, you cannot be uh, good in the air because uh, it's a single cockpit okay other than the trainers of course in a single cockpit you have to do everything be it from a normal standard routine flying to something new that emerges so it's speed number 1 it's not just speed of the airplane it's speed of your thoughts speed of your emotions when it comes to that 
this degree of difficulty if i may say so keeps increasing with the number of aeroplanes increasing in the air that is what you train for right you need to fly and train as a group to be able to do combat in the air eventually if the balloon goes up yeah and uh, gather and keep the team together in the air that was what was more challenging so from one aircraft we went to two aeroplanes from two aeroplanes to three aeroplanes from three aeroplanes to four aeroplanes right. and from four aeroplanes to at times 10 aeroplanes in a package right. at 22 aeroplanes in a package right so what comes your way is that multiple situations and how you fathom them and how you cipher who's your friend who's your foe and of course there are always atc and other radars that are helping you out but then at that point in time it's just hitting the roof yeah. and you feel uh, you feel like you are on top of the world yeah no i can well uh, you know visualize guru being a part of the indian air force and being in the flying branch and all across the air force one of the philosophies that the air force you love, both of you agree with me has been let us step forward let us make a plan let us start to implement it and as per the evolving situation let us be flexible in our thought because if you are flexible in our thought as leaders then automatically you will be able to deploy more resources maybe reduce the resources have some alternative thinking have some alternative narrative so that you can quickly tune to the situation so uh, deepa here i'm going to ask you you know to explain to us you were from the electronics branch of the engineering so what exactly does the electronics branch of engineering and how does it uh, you know get into the whole sphere of flying as such great uh, see uh, nitin like uh, you just heard guru said you know the radars used to assist so uh, i feel very proud and blessed that we were supposed to take care of those radars and the, you know the ground control approach system in totality which constitute of basically two radars you know one is precision approach radar another one is the surveillance radar which helps the specifically the fight of flying operations which assist in that so i used to take care of all this uh, navigational aids signals related communications and primarily this ground control approach radar so the maintenance the serviceability keeping the technical breakdown as low as possible that was my charge of duties so oh. that and that's very essential in terms of you know the flying operations cannot uh, go on that smoothly unless and until these navigational aids and these radars and these equipments and communications are not in order so that was the uh, major part of my tenure at various airfield bases specifically in the fighter bases yeah we 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 seldom realize when we are in, into the system as such that to make one aeroplane fly there is a huge amount of work that's going at the back end right from the atc the gca the radar operators the runway controller and you just have to work backwards to understand that the finally the person who's actually waving off the chocks and putting his throttle to the taxi position there is a huge amount of machinery and a system is in place to make that person actually get airborne so yes we we seldom realize when we are in the air force but when we get out uh, that, that's kind of an awakening that comes to us and that's a that's a need of the hour Uh, so guru i'm going to ask you a specific question i know this fact for sure that you are one of the good storytellers that i have met in the air force uh, is there any typically an anecdote a story guru or an impact that you had as a leader and something that has remained with you for last so many years a difference you made to somebody's life or you witnessed it or something that you would 
really that's close to your heart if you could share with us yeah nitin actually uh, if i may uh, correct you probably you are the best storyteller that i know of <laughs> <laughs> there can't be anyone better than you okay yes. uh, i will said that yeah see uh, in the entire span of uh, 24 years there have been lot of uh, uh, instances where i can count on how uh, i was impacted one uh, with the situation and how people helped me out and uh, secondly that yes how i could make a small difference to few people uh, if i may uh, tell you that uh, what, when i was uh, adjutant right uh, adjutant at uh, one of the bases uh, uh, when i was uh, young flight lieutenant uh, who's in charge of hr of the squadron not hr of the station it's just a squadron okay uh, people were going through something called uh, delayed uh, operational uh, I mean, efficiencies were not at that best, so operations would get delayed. So I decided to jump in and uh, take it. Uh, you may say a bull by the horns, and uh, wanted to get deeper and deeper into it as to why this happens. Where we could have finished our three details of flying and uh, packed up by about two uh, thirty, having come at five thirty in the morning. Now things were getting extended to about four o'clock, four thirty, five o'clock at times, and. that has a uh, you know a uh, kind of stress on people because when it happens day in day out it adds to stress so there i put in my best and i realized that the breakfast and the lunch that comes into the people uh, from the messes was getting delayed and it was getting delayed for various reasons and probably uh, it did not uh, require an adjutant to jump in probably it could have been done at a lower level then i said now that i have decided to do it i will do it so i streamlined the system in a manner that the gadi was to be there one hour before or 45 minutes before so that the breakfast and the lunch is picked up in time so that the people the air warriors who work on the aeroplanes they don't go hungry for a long time they're not starving for an hour hour and a half while they were more than willing to even put in their effort but what happens is when you don't have your meals in time your efficiency comes down over a period of time so i decided to push in and then manage this over a period of time and put couple of people on the job who could monitor and give me a feedback sure. this straight away ensured that people were very happy and they could come back to do their job after the breakfast or lunch and then be available for operations yeah so there is no loss of time and we could easily get what we wanted finish of what we wanted in time efficiently and then go uh, go home happy yeah. you know uh, so it's not just at the officer level even at the level of amen who yeah. day in day out uh, i i made a difference as a youngster yeah probably i can pick up few more uh, when i became a ceo or something like that uh, you know when i was commanding the squadron for the first time after a gap of 24 years i was uh, told that i should do training of the people who come directly after commissioning okay. on the fighter aeroplanes right in that place right stopped 24 years ago yeah because of various reasons uh, very well known known to the air force but therefore said because of the constraints whatever we had at that time they wanted me to start it all over again yeah initially i had my own apprehensions to be honest but then i sat down sat down with my team my flight commanders and my technical officers and my sto in fact and went over the entire thing thread bare right. okay 
and then decided we will take on this job, which required, of course, uh, supervision to its uh, highest, probably at its highest level. Sure. You know. Yeah. So and and it eventually worked out. It eventually worked out so well that uh, people who came in there were so happy, so right. happy that uh, and in fact even the headquarters were so happy that we managed to train those guys to the requisite degree in the possible time that was already given to us. Right. That was really heartening. That was really heartening. So you take on a job and do you do it well. So it really uh, talks about the teamwork. Yeah. I think I had a wonderful team to back, back me everywhere. So I think kudos to the team more than uh, it. You can say it's, it's not that, about that, that. That's what makes you a, a different leader, Guru. Needless to say that you did a fantastic job. Uh, Deepa, coming to you, uh, is there any specific incident and why I'm asking this from a point of view of you entered into a, an area or you entered into a profession where you were just a few of you. So when you got trained, there were a couple of you together and then you got separated out to various stations. So from that time onwards to your 10 years, any specific incident that you would like to narrate? Uh, thanks, Nitin. There are numerous uh, uh, incidents, uh, but of course, uh, uh, considering the paucity of time, there are two incidents which comes uh, to my mind. First is, uh, we uh, used to have only two months of maternity leave. See, why I'm mentioning that? Because uh, now the things are very much streamlined and we are as far with a lot of government institution in depending upon the maternity acts and other things. Yeah. During our times, we didn't have any precedence. So we had only two months and the third month we only used to get in case if we are able to justify that there is some problem. Right. So, uh, you know, with the pioneer, there is a lot of responsibility also comes to me. If you do not do for your future generation of women officers, if you do not make the life comfortable, somehow the onus also lies on us. At yeah. that time, I wrote an application. I did a lot of research on that. Mm -hmm. I read a lot of other uh, air forces in world. And then I made a paper and I sent it to Ministry of Defense. And I'm talking about 1999. And uh, at that time, not only my entire, uh, you know, the chain of command and all male officers, all of them supported me. So for me that, you know, they could associate with my reasoning of getting, you know, uh, writing for a cause, which is only a woman specific. I right. think it left us such an important mark on me that how everybody supported me. And through the proper chain of command, it went to Ministry of Defense and I got a proper response that they are considering it. So I, I felt, I still, till date, you know, you feel very nice because we were just a youngster uh, flight lieutenant at that time. Yes. So that is uh, one incident. And second incident which comes to my mind, uh, like Nitin in coaching, when we are doing coaching, they say that, you know, the quality of your life depends on quality of questions you ask to yourself and the people around you. So I yeah. think I had that thing quite early in my life. I still remember in 2002, if I'm not wrong, Guru might correct me, there was a fatal um, uh, fighter crash in Bagdogra, mm -hmm. where CEO and one of the youngsters, we lost both of them. So that was a major demotivating thing because when a CEO and they could not land, it happened in Bandogra because of adverse weather conditions and a lot of landing gates and a lot of, you know, the things didn't work that way. I won't go into technicality. Right. So I still remember I was in Adampur and uh, the CNC, 
if you have to compare with a uh, you know corporate counterpart it's like you have a global ceo then you have a regional ceo so he is right. like a regional ceo yeah. and i was just like a senior executive mm-hmm. and there was a big meeting of 300 officers and uh, it's like a big town hall and he's speaking we are brainstorming there was a lot of things happening and of course it was more of a top down kind of approach and i just stood up and i said that uh, can we take a pause and uh, i have a point to make and there was stunned silence because i was just a flight lieutenant and there was a cnc of wsc was sitting there but i must give it to him he said yes young lady please go ahead and tell me what's there in your mind right then i said that you know for making this operation successful what we need is the entire infrastructure helping all these flyers and that's where this navigational aids which are so outdated mm. you know we need to invest in buying some new radar and that's the point which i would like to make and that will be so much motivating and helpful in operation safe and he listened to me and you know i felt uh listened you know i felt that yes somebody's listening to my point even at such a young thing and believe me even in corporate it's not easy to say when your global ceo of your regional ceo comes and you yeah. are speaking yeah. so i think you know air force has been uh, pretty accommodating in terms of if anything logical or if you speak something with courage of conviction right. so these incidents have uh, really been very close to my heart sure and i i'm just picking up threads from both of you and saying finally the person on ground so in guru's case guru explained about he being the adjutant in your case you explained yes. about being a flight lieutenant i think one of the most important organizational culture that we really encourage is the person on ground needs to take a call and and that's what is very very evident in both your anecdotes that your stories that you said absolutely said. yeah so uh, guru how was it in your united states staff college because you topped the course and i'm conscious of the fact that uh, i don't know the numbers but there are a few hundred people who appear for the staff college entrance exam and the number one in the country is privileged to represent the country in us so by by no lesser this thing it's it's been an achievement by itself but after you interacted with the uh, foreign air forces as such what are your reflections and experiences if you were to compare our staff college or what we call professional military education in india versus the us yeah nitin actually uh, us staff college this is the a command and staff college uh, uh, where only the a force uh, officers uh, attend the college right but uh, very few uh, of the us other service uh, officers also attend but apart from that uh, in in all there are about 480 plus uh, participants okay uh, it's like similar to our staff college uh, as far as the strength is concerned but then the beauty of it is uh, us calls people from almost 70 plus countries so we had like 80 odd uh, participants from various foreign countries so yeah. they friendly foreign countries right yeah. when i reached there i was one amongst the 480 okay but then as the time went by i realized that what we do the way we train in our air force the way we get to the bottom of things is far far different from what other air forces do okay we are unique and we do it a lot better than many many of those guys 
US is there at the top. Everybody knows about it. They are there because of their systems, the technology which is way way ahead of what we have. We borrow technology, right? Even today we buy them. You know, whereas US manufactures them, so they are a shade ahead. Right. I said just because they are shade ahead doesn't make them very good or the best, the best. Okay. So I try to fathom out what they do differently than. the indian air force sure. while we have a broad spectrum in terms of we are good at the bookish knowledge we are good at execution when it comes to uh, executing the things the way uh, they should be done on the ground or in the air and finally the satisfaction and the culmination and the bond army that we share with non officer ranks okay officers uh, non officer cadre okay that you may call and inter branch bonding okay it's far better in the indian air force than any other air forces probably we see around okay right. Right. Uh, and when i met up with these officers there were frequent interactions and uh, there were uh, cultural engagements in terms of to know them even more better i realized that indian air force does it far better except that the us air force trains in a practical manner because they are able to put them on a uh, say computerized uh, version of things and then bring out the results the way they do we are not very far behind just that we do it in a little more uh, methodical manner not using technology to a great extent probably it was at that time now we are uh, almost at the forefront of using such technologies and we i realize that we are number one except for professional military education yes i picked up a lot of things from there and put it in my debrief when i came in uh, back in here in india and i am happy to say that there were people who listened to me who paid heed to what i had written uh, in my paper and in two years time from then they were implemented in our staff college to make it even better Right. we were very well the ast of college is one of the best i can tell you this sure. but by getting my experiences from uh, uh, the us and then trying to make uh, you can say a uh, fine difference you know uh, that the knife edge difference to ast of college uh, was a highlight sure now so two things you know one like you, we've discussed this before also after you came back from the us and i think a constant upgradation has been one of the most important elements of the indian air force thinking but you are also upgrading when somebody goes out and comes with a new idea you are willing to listen get back to the drawing board understand how you can implement it and that's what is uh, moving ahead the organization as such if i may nitin i must yes. tell you this yes while the modern air forces uh, be the us be the french air force or the uh, united kingdom you know uk uh, mm-hmm. they operate with uh, fairly modern equipment in terms yes. of their own systems aeroplanes but in india we have a varied vintages okay right from a mig 21 uh, to the best su 30 yeah. and now all probably right yeah. but the way we use our systems yeah. to the best and the best possible manner is a highlight no other air force in the world does it the way we do it yeah. and it's exceptional and i i can bring to you uh, while i was doing the course 
uh, we had a red flag exercise where the Indian Air Force was participating in the US, right? Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, I had the one-to-one chat with the people then on yeah. to get to know how they were doing. And just to bring to your notice, we did extremely well. In fact, we were the best. Even the US Air Force acknowledges uh, this fact. The way we use our systems and our aeroplanes right. is one of the best uh, probably in the world. And it is finally the man behind the machine, you know? Sure. That's where our training comes into it. And I was happy to say that I'm one of the trainers. <laughs> you got to make your recipe within the resources and within the items that are given to you. That's the best part of the Air Force. So Deepa will agree with me that what's there in the cafeteria, you you whip up the rest of your meal out of that and here you go for the sortie. So Deepa coming to you for the last question. And my thoughts are like this, Deepa, that you've been good amount of service in the Indian Air Force, then you moved out and a phenomenal career in the HR space. So if you were to draw some parallels from an OD concept, you know, that you say the best practices. So what are your thoughts on picking up certain good practices from the Air Force and maybe implement it in the uh, other other part of the corporate? That's such a remarkable question, uh, you know. And I think that's what is required, Nitin, because uh, I see the lot of communication is required. And I think your this talk show is a step towards bridging that gap, you know, so that people are able to understand whether it is an Air Force or a corporate. There are so many transferable skills and transferable, you know, knowledge in KRAs which can be come into corporate and we can have a seamless, you know, integration. What I've realized, you know, like, for example, I totally uh, agree with Guru when he said the maximum utilization of resources. Our Guru Mandra used to be the poverty had to be, you know, has to be shared. And I used to say, when will we become rich, you know, and when will I have a good equipment to handle? But that is what is required, whatever is available to you. And specifically now when we are in this COVID era, we know how the economy is there, how is the resources all over the world are, you know, getting impacted. So I think that is one very pertinent knowledge which can come into effective utilization of resources, planning, camaraderie, mentoring, which we take it for so granted. Guru will agree with you. You know, Guru has been a trainer and he's been a, you know, instructor. So I know that uh, everybody look up to instructor like anything. And we just take it for granted and we don't realize that in corporate when I first job. People used to feel that, you know, I'm explaining things to them and kind of, you know, uh, being a good team leader, which uh, I'll be very honest to say, I didn't realize that I was doing something exceptional yeah, because yeah. that's the way my seniors in Air Force groomed me. You yeah. know, that uh, I always used to say the CAS approach, you know, that correction, appreciation and support. Yeah. So let's say, okay, we are the tough love generation. The correction can be changed to corporate to feedback. Right. Right. Appreciation is common everywhere, whether you do shabashi in defense or whether you do appreciation in corporate. Yeah. When you talk about support, support is the one thing I think which was the differentiator in defense forces, especially in armed forces. Right. Even if you are a weak student or if you are not doing something and you will be a better person to tell you in that, you support that person. Sure. That's where in corporate somehow we lack. Of course, of course. So thank you very much for throwing a light on this. So today when we are talking of uh, topics like uh, mentoring, counseling, coaching, essentially in the Air Force it is already ingrained. And at the end of the day, it's increasing your camaraderie between you. It's increasing the connect between you. And that's what uh, makes us better teams. So that's how 
room conversations will continue so on that note uh, i just want to say thank you very much from the bottom of my heart i'm thanking you tipa as well as guru uh, we will be connecting with you bringing one of the best of the air warriors like i said earlier so stay tuned with us and take good care of yourself thanks vivin you're thank you thank you